It's about that time. Quality time. Turn it up. This is the Quality Control Podcast. Let's go. Yo, yo, yo. What it do? What the business is, in the words of the great Young Jeezy. This is the Quality Control Podcast where we have quality control conversations that lead to quality results and we try to include quality people. I am your co-host, Super Rio Grande, and I am here with my guy, Jay Mill. Take yes, it over, Justin. So, you know, me and Mario got this got the Quality Control Podcast started a little while ago, and Mario has been doing a phenomenal job of carrying the torch um, when I haven't been able to be around all the time. And, man, we've been blessed to have some great guests and and, and and give you guys great content. If you haven't right now, I would say go listen to some of our older episodes and episodes that we've already put out and give those a like, give those a share, comment, and subscribe so you can be sure that you're always in the know um, on every new episode that we put out. We usually try to get an episode out every Friday. And if you follow either one of us on social media, or you follow the Quality Control Podcast on Instagram, then you'll be in the know and you'll know when those things drop. Um, we got some great ideas and some great things that we're going to try to do a little bit later, but that's the housekeeping we got to do before we get into it. So over the last week or so, you know, the, the big talking point in our community has been the reaction of Will Smith, the, alt- the well, you can't say altercation because it was only one side, but the interaction exchange between Will Smith and Chris Rock at the um, at the Oscars, that's been the talk of the town. Was it handled right? What could have been done differently? How could it have been done differently? Things like that. And there's a million questions surrounding that. And a lot of people got a lot of opinions on it. But to go ahead and bust your bubble, that ain't what we here for today. We're not here to give opinions on that. But we're here to talk about manhood and emotional control as a man. There are so many talking points that we could go about within that situation. But one of the big things that me and Mario kind of discussed, and I felt like would be a great podcast, is emotional control. And, you know, I guess we'll start, we'll jump right into it and get to the meat of it. You know, the first thing I'll ask you, Mario, is how do you maintain composure under adverse conditions? And we ain't really got to use them as reference points, but under adverse conditions, somebody says something about your girl, somebody come up and key your car, somebody say something about what you got going on. How do you, how do you handle yourself or maintain your composure in those conditions? Well, the biggest thing I try to do as an individual, you know, some people may call this as a gift. Some people may call it a talent. Some people may call it a skill. I try to use foresight. So um, one of my biggest kicks and one of my biggest themes of life going forward is preparation negates fear, which means that when you prepare for something, that kind of takes away the fear. So there's no rule to say that you can't try to figure out when these situations are going to come about. There's no rule to say, hey, I can't start to plan and strategically organize for a situation that 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 may come out, you know. So with that being said, how I maintain my composure, you know, I try to think about these situations or similar situations before they happen, you know, because anybody can catch you at a weak moment. Anybody can catch you, you know, in a situation to where mm-hmm. everything has lined up. All the dominoes have been stacked. Each one has failed. Each one was a trigger. OK, this trigger triggered mm-hmm. that trigger. And you got all kind of triggers going off to where it sets up the perfect storm. So with that being said, 
how I maintain my composure, me as an individual, I try to rehearse these scenarios in my mind. You know, I work in, I would say, retail, customer service. So me, I am an African-American person. Just call it what it is. I couldn't, I couldn't choose my race. I was born black. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, one of the, you know, triggers of, of a black person is being mm-hmm. called the N-word. So what do I naturally do? I rehearse somebody calling me the N-word in my mind simply because I want to deal with those emotions. You know, of course, it's not live fire, but at the end of the day, any good sports organization, they have walkthroughs. You know, they walk through, you know, as far as on just, you know, shorts and T-shirts. They walk through with uh, shells, you know, shoulder pads, you mm-hmm. know, and um, helmets and things like that, you know, and they do just, you know, film study. You know, I walk through these scenarios in my mind in order to figure out those triggers, you know, and I experience some kind of emotion when I do that. Not necessarily, you know, full emotion, you know, and not necessarily to the extent of PTSD, but I can feel how I think I will feel in that situation. What I need to do is I need to spool myself up, experience those emotions and logically think through those situations. Because what what ends up happening is people don't think about the consequences of their actions. You know, they think about the immediate result, but not the things that come from that. So a lot of that allows me to keep my composure simply because Mm -hmm. I know the end game from the beginning. Okay, if this guy calls me an N-word, if I haul off and hit him or something like that, I lose my job. I lose all my financial plans that I have right. going forward in order to get me into the position to where I don't have to be a victim of that. Or if I am a victim of that, I can choose, you know, the result based on me having my own company, having rights to everything that I do, you know, so I'm not subject to anybody telling me that, hey, you need to leave or things like that. So um, that's how I prepare to control myself on the inverse situations i mean we can go as far as home defense you know um, i have you know firearms strategically placed in my house in the event of a break-in you know not to say that i'm you know pessimistic i'm realistic i understand that things happen on the uh, you know that are out of our control and when you think you're in the safe neighborhood that's you know when people tend to strike simply because they mm-hmm. wait until your guard go down. So you naturally gonna let your guard down, yeah. Absolutely. You know, you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. You know, so uh, you know, was, my father was not really involved in my life, but one thing he did teach me, he said, "Son, I'd rather you get caught with it than without it." I respect it. You know, so that's how I prepare to try to maintain my composure in certain situations, simply because I try to rehearse those things in my mind and have a plan. They teach you in high school. You know, uh, have a fire safety plan. Know where your exits are, your windows, and things like that. That's what that is. You know, mm-hmm. tornado drills. I think now I don't even do drills no more. They just send you home. They cancel school. But you know, that's a whole other subject. Yeah, they're going home. Right. right. Go so <laughs> for me and in my family, that's how I prepare to maintain composure in an adverse situation. I realize number one, what the truth is. Number two, I, I work through my emotions, which means that I try to experience them on the front hand or familiarize myself with the emotions that I may have. That way I can pull myself back down, you know, kind of like the reflex art, you know, reflex art don't go to the brain, you know, all the way up through the brain. It, it hits that base and it goes right back down. Right. So I have to control that by by rehearsing that. So that's how I would say I try to maintain my composure on the adverse conditions by preparation. All right, and, I, and I'll jump in on that. I will say, you know, how do you maintain composure in adverse conditions? I think 
that comes with a level of emotional maturity. Because some situations cause you to get out of character without you planning to be under out of character. That goes back to something you said. You have to plan for each situation. Uh, I remember playing football. Um, one thing our coach would tell us before every game, he would say, when we go out that night, we got a game plan. But at some point in this game, you're going to face adversity. Now, the team that can overcome the adversity is usually the one that will win. Because something something is not going to go to plan, not going to go according to plan. You're going to be faced with something that you didn't exactly plan. And when, when you're faced with things that you aren't exactly planned for, which is some something that's adverse, whether that be confrontation, whether that be coming up short on the bills this month, whether that be um, your car breaking down or, or something that you didn't plan for the day, you have to have a plan of execution to get you through the, the plan A. You got to have a B, C, D, E, and, be, and, and keep being able to, um, kind of like in science class, you got to be able to dissect that plan in multiple ways to get it executed in case A doesn't work. That doesn't mean that you necessarily go into each situation with a plan B, C, and D, etc. But you should have you should have your, your course that you can dissect that plan in many facets to get the job done. I'll say this too. Adversity is going to strike us all. And we, we don't really know how we may be struck, but adversity is going to hit you. So like I said, it just goes back to being emotionally mature planning and executing and just staying like you said just staying ready and then when you stay ready that don't mean that you got to tell everybody that you read it that ain't mean that don't mean you got to tell everybody you're playing that just mean you already know what's what it is and what it ain't and if you can get yourself there i think as a man we're so forward thinking because you have to be that if anything comes up you ready because you kind of already rehearsed a scenario in your head and it really should like you're not gonna be able to rehearse every scenario but the majority, you should already be able to, you already thought through it, thought through the process, and you're like, all right, when this happens, I know to do this. If that happens, I know to do this. Case in point, you work in the area of sales, or as you say, retail, I work in the area of sales as well. We deal with people. And so when you're dealing with people, you deal with many different personalities in a day. You don't deal with set personalities. These ain't people that's coming to you and saying, well, today I feel good, today I feel bad. These are people who come to you that need a good or service from you. Mario, I know you're in the area of cars. Every day, people, when people need a car, you need that car like yesterday. So if somebody comes and says, man, I need a car. My credit ain't the best. I've been working on it, and it still ain't great. And I need this 2021 Chevy Malibu. And you're like, man, look, I really can't do it. But if you were to get in it, you're looking at $600 a month payment. I know that's outrageous. I don't really, but you know, you're looking at $600 a month, and a person so desperate, you like, all right, man, cool, I can do that. You can do it maybe one or two months, but because you didn't plan for that, that's not something you can do over the long haul. It goes back to the same thing. Like, okay, just because that don't go right, you may have to go back to a drawing board and say, well, man, if I get myself another month, maybe two, I can come back to the table, get a better deal, and be and be in a in a better position. That's may, that's somebody's adversity. Somebody else's adversity may be you walking. Uh, let's say you walking at Walmart and you see somebody you don't really like, and that person say something to you. Now, if you got a lot to lose, like if you work to gain financial wealth or you got your own business on there, you got something to lose. You really gotta play the situation. Like, is this worth my time? Is this worth me entertaining? Or do I need to keep walking on? And you know, we can go to the Will and Chris thing. Will slaps a man, potentially loses millions of dollars. 
stuff I, I couldn't even wrap my brain around because I'm not in that world. And then you got Chris who sits there, he takes it, and he's like, well, you know what? I got a long line, too. And if I retaliate, I can be in the same boat as him, or I can just rise above it for this moment and let it be and see what see what plays out. So, like you said, Mario, I think it just goes back to, like, you just got to gotta plan for that and know when it happens. When it happens, what to do, because we all got an automated response. You just need to practice a different response, so your automated response default. Your default automated response goes to something that's productive and not something that's going to harm you and uh, take away from you or take away from the table uh, in which you set for yourself and your family. Absolutely, man. And uh, before we move on, I want to actually make this point. We talked about you yeah. talked about problems. You have a huge problem if you don't anticipate problems. Life is not puppies and rainbows. Life is how you <laughs> handle your problems, how you handle adverse situations and the relationships that you form. And you bun and sometimes have to break off in the process. So please, if you don't get nothing else from this podcast, you will have problems. You will have adverse situations. Life is like cops and robbers. Cops trying to catch robbers, robbers trying to get away. It's just what it is. You know, so make sure you 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 have some kind of you have some kind of plan, you know. And that's essentially that's how you handle things because you have to know the end goal. You know, the end goal is if you know. Chris does retaliate. You got two black people fighting at the Oscars. Okay. And then, you know, and if you back up and you go previous years, you know, black people was talking about boycotting the Oscars. So how does that look to finally get to the stage and we be us? You know, so but um let's let's move forward. Cause I I do not want to dive into mm -hmm. that because I think it was taking too many too much of people's time already. Oh yeah, for sure. So so we we we're talking about pressure plans or we're talking about plans against adversity you know how do you as a man i guess we could talk about it as as men uh how do you main maintain your masculine frame i kind of kind of wrote that out but how do you maintain a masculine frame as a man let's say you with your girl and y'all run into her ex right and he say man i can't even think of nothing crazy because that, that ain't my, my style but let's say he say something crazy. How do you maintain your your masculinity, your frame, without um, emasculating yourself in a public setting? Well, the biggest thing is recognizing truth. You know, everybody has their perception on what's, you know, masculine and what's or demasculating or anything like that. People have a perception of that. So what you got to do is you got to come to your own truth. Your own truth is you're responsible for the, the health, mm -hmm. safety, and well-being for your family your wife and your children. So I've actually played this scenario out of my mind because I think, you know, one of, the, of my wife's exes mm -hmm. is, you know, local or had local families. I played this scenario out of my mind. And it's one of diffusing the situation, knowing that at the end of the day, I do have a lot to lose. You know, uh, good and mom had the song, people don't dance no more. They, they they shoot. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, when they're in a situation, they feel like they're demasculated. They feel like they got to go shoot somebody. So at the end of the mm -hmm. day, my plan is to know what's true. All right. What's true is I don't know this guy. This guy barely knows me. He used to date my wife. He may mm -hmm. say some stuff that's real jazzy. That's another thing. Man, I understand words hurt, words stick and stuff like that. But quit giving power to words. We give power to words. The words don't have power. We give power based on our responses. Those are called triggers. Those are called buttons. So understand that. You know, I'm the type of guy you probably can call me anything in the book and I'm going to be real with you. A lot of people ain't going to agree with this because mm -hmm. then this is when you get into the ego thing. 
Man, you can't, you're not gonna call my wife this, that, and the third, this, or whatever, not. Man, there's people calling your wife all kind of B's and MF's and stuff already, and you don't know it. So, mm-hmm. control your response. Now, I will say this we talked about the reflex action, mm-hmm. um, the reflex art before. That's the line. When it comes to physical altercation, that arc is there. That line gets crossed no matter what setting I'm in. You know, because at the end of the day, that that is the hard line. That is the hard stipulation. When 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 touching and things like that happen, yeah, that's that's we won't have to think about that. That's the reflex art does not involve the whole brain. It hits that ball and it happens. But anything less than that. I'm responsible for defusing that situation, going my own. And, and sometimes you got to take a a perceptive L, which means that everybody around you is going to think you weak just because you didn't do X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, the truth is I got to get me. I got to show up back to the house. My family don't operate without me. My wife needs to show up to the house and my kids need to be safe. So whatever I need to do to keep those uh, things happening, that's what's going to happen. Now, again, w- when people put hands on people, I'm, I have the same responsibilities. That's when I defend. Mm-hmm. So you got to understand what's true in your mind. You know, when you talk about maintaining your masculine frame, you got to understand what real masculinity is. And that's so, you know, perverted in today's society as well. People think it's masculine mm-hmm. when somebody says something about you, go pick up a gun and shoot their brains out. You have no self-control. You, you, you have no self-control. You know, people think it's masculine just you want to go around and put putting your hands on people for no reason. There's no there's no self-control. You know, it's all about strategic. I'm telling you, you know, people want to be tough guy gangster this then the third the biggest gangsters wear suits you know the biggest gangsters can do anything they want to do with the stroke of a pen you get what i'm saying so you you have to understand what's true you know you run up on this guy at walmart and you know he bumps you by accident you got some brand new ones on you scuff them like nelly said in the song your night your whole night messed up and you want to take it out on him, but you don't know he X, Y, Z, district mm-hmm. attorney, this, that, and third. You, you finna throw your life away over a $90 pair of kicks. You know, you got to be strategic and you got to know what's true. You got to think things out. And you can. And here's the thing. Here's the cheat code. You ain't going to think it out in that moment. I promise you. Because you got so much rage in that. That's why you got to rehearse these situations as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to be logical in certain situations, you know, and I'm not going to say rehearsing is going to 100 percent work. But at the same time, if you've thought about this, if you've experienced that level of anger or embarrassment or something like that, you actually familiarize yourself with that territory and know how to back yourself down and get back to the truth. So me personally, that's how I maintain, you know, a a masculine frame and situation. I realize the truth. I know I'm very well capable of physically defending my family. And when you know that truth, you have nothing to prove. You get what I'm saying? You have nothing to prove. So answer the question. That that's how I do it, and that and that's how I remain to do it. Yeah, I think uh, with maintaining frame. I think you hit a lot of good points. I think one thing that you that you did hit that was great is that you know, <clears throat> I think for us, and I'm speaking for Black people because I'm Black, of course, and I mean I grew up in it. Our automated response is what's and what's easy for us to do is be physical. Uh, a lot of things we handle is physical. Uh, even in our community, what's looked up to is being physical, emotionally out of control. Because, and I heard this saying, it's the truest, it's the truest statement I ever heard. It's a lot of men, they grade the day because they lost emotions. They lost control. Uh, we don't know these days, again, going back to a point you made, people are, are quicker now to shoot than to get out there and squabble with anybody. 
Let's just be let's be honest. That's from kids to grown ups. Ain't nobody getting out there really in the middle of the yard and just we finna go hand to hand and, and live a fight another day. So <clears throat> you know your your responsibility for yourself, if you single, is to get yourself, make sure you can get home, make sure you can get to work, make sure you can handle your responsibilities every day, because there is somebody depending on you. If you have a family, that's doubly important because you are more than likely the protector. You're the one that needs to be in a position that can think uh, whether you be whether you be mad, frustrated, or you thinking soberly with nothing going on. You got to be in a position to make to make good, sound judgment decisions for everybody. Um, that's just being honest, and you maintain your frame by just knowing, like you said, you weigh you weigh out the cost. You weigh out the cost and you weigh out the benefit of if I handle the situation this way, how does that look? If I handle it this way, how does that look? And that's a process, honestly. When you in a situation, it's got to happen fast. You ain't really got time to sit and think about it for days or minutes or hours. It's got to be something that's pretty quick. And so I think the more that you kind of, not that you have to be introduced to those situations, but the more you run through them in your mind, and I ain't saying that y'all got to obsess or or anything like that over them, but the more you can run through them in your mind, the easier they become when they when they happen. And you might be in a situation where it happened and you handle it a lot better than you thought, but because you had that automatic response you already practiced, you like, man, I handled it a lot better than I thought and I ain't even expect it from myself. Just because you've ran through that, that scenario and that situation in your mind mentally. And that's just called getting your mental reps in. Just like when you go to the weight room and you lift weights, you get them reps in, you got to get the mental reps in as well. And I think that's something that's, that sometimes we can get so caught up in life that we fail to prepare, we fail to plan. It's not just talking about for adversity. But anything, you kind of get uh, lazy and get uh, kind of lackadaisical in what you're doing. And that's when, you know, you open yourself up for uh, disappointment, disaster to strike, and things like that. So you just always had to be always had to be be in mind and be in tune, not staying ready. Like, you ain't got to walk around like you the A-team, right? Just for whatever situation come, come about. Let me oh, let me drop this in here real quick for all professionals out there or aspiring professionals. Man, these decisions that you make, the bag is at stake. So if you go back to the 80s, I remember this guy's name Rockwell, and he had a song, and Michael Jackson blazed the hook. And it says, I always feel like somebody watching me. People are watching how you handle situations. Sometimes they set you up to see how cool you are in situations. Other times, people just stumble up on you handling adverse situations and they can see your poise. They can see your maturity and they can trust you with a whole bunch of things. A lot of times, especially in our community, we can't be trusted with a whole bunch of responsibility because our buttons are easily pushed. You know, so uh, there's a, there used to be a stigma that goes around. It probably still does. It's called angry black man. Always button got to be pushed. Always got to show you that he ain't um, working for Mouser and ain't getting whooped. Um, he ain't cool to can't. You know what I'm saying? That you got to control that because at the end of the day, you got to look at a bigger picture. And guess what? A lot of people who fall to these type of things don't have bigger pictures to look towards. So that's why it's important to have a bigger picture to look at, to step back and, and, and evaluate mm -hmm. that bigger picture based on your reactions and see how quick you can throw that away based on you trying to prove to somebody that you're masculine. Just because they call your, your wife unattractive or, or, or call her a cuss word and stuff like that. 
Because remember this, and we're gonna move on because I don't want to stick on this. Mm -hmm. If somebody that don't like to fight or don't can't fight, and you whooped them down over something that they said, didn't put hands on you, didn't do or you could have walked away. If you whooped them down, they go to the car and they go get their gun and they come back and kill you. What are these people gonna say at your funeral? Better yet, what are these people gonna say on the news night? Apparently, there was an altercation when the guy said that um, he didn't like the way your hot pocket smelled. And, you know, one, two, three, X, Y, Z. And y'all get all this. It stems from something that's nothing. And guess what? We live in a world full of senseless violence. Senseless. And it's over this very subject right here because people just don't understand that. They don't know how to lose a battle to win the war. And, and that's just it. And that's what it boils down to. Lose the battle, win the war. Because if you win the war, guess what? Them the ones that look masculine because they were strategic and they won. It's not all about the battle. It's, it's all about the war. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, right. And and we'll we'll just keep we'll keep keep it moving. We stand kind of along the same points. You know, the next next question I had is, is it important that your woman knows you can handle pressure correctly? I'll jump on this one real quick and I'll be real brief. I feel like if you want to get a relationship with anybody these days, I really can't put a stigma on it. But if you want to get a relationship, it's important that your woman, your partner knows that you can handle pressure. Why? Because women are emotional. So someone has to have a level head. Um, now, if you're in a situation, again, this goes from kids. Mario made this point. This goes from something that we all learned in kindergarten. Keep your hands to yourself. So if you out somewhere and somebody come up, touch your girl, grab or whatever, yeah, that's, I ain't telling you to sit back and be stoic in that moment. No, you have to, you know, you have to do what you have to do. And that, that just goes to the importance of, as a man, you need to know how to defend yourself in more than one area. But, you know, you have to, I think your woman has to know that, all right, if something happened to me, this goes to protection. He can he can protect me. If I drop the ball on this, he can think or we can think to get ourselves out of this. I think it's very important that you that you uh that you you're able to train yourself to handle pressure situations because marriage one ain't easy, being in a relationship ain't easy, but uh, eventually you got to know how to handle that to to take yourself to the next level. Mario, I throw it to you. No, I, I like this question because I think this needs to be talked as well and. It is very important that your woman knows that you know how to handle pressure correctly. But I will say this, just like we rehearse these situations as individuals, we need to rehearse that as couples. Because here's the thing, if you're a married couple or you're aspiring to be married, the way your spouse reacts is a representation of you. So with that being said, I tell my wife all the time, if we out somewhere, somebody get say something crazy, don't you say nothing. I don't care how you feel. It ain't about no control. It ain't about no male dominance. It's actually about male responsibility. I am responsible for making sure we get out of this situation safe. I do not need your two cents based on how you feel because you're going to say what you feel. You're not going to say what's true. You know, uh, and a lot of people going to disagree with me on that. And I'm fine with that. You know, my wife knows if, we, if somebody does something to her, you know what I'm saying? And if we, if we sitting at a table and we get disrespected by, you know, Say, for instance, this couple sitting next to us or something like that. Somebody says something like the way, oh, you run into their ex or something like that. Especially in a restaurant setting up and stuff, stuff like that, you know. She knows, hey, especially if I witness it, she knows, like, look, 
You don't need to react to that. Let let me let me process mm -hmm. this because I am responsible for us. I don't need you getting up telling nobody a um, piece of your mind. So at the end of the day, what I need is I need you to say, I need you to stay cool. I say, look, got it. I understand they said something stupid. I say, you know, just do what you need to do. Let me handle it. Let me handle it. So what I mean by letting me handle it, man, just don't pop off at the mouth. That makes sense. That popping off at the mouth mm -hmm. escalates so much. And all you got to do is just step back and let me strategically walk through this situation. Here's the thing. Initially, you ain't going to like the result because you're going to feel like you had to tell your mind. And see, that's what we got to grow as couples. And that's where it comes to trust. If my wife trusts me to handle that situation correctly, she is going to play her position in that situation, not really say nothing. Let me handle that situation. Because when your wife don't trust you can handle the situation, that's what they assert themselves. And they pop off at the mouth and feel like they want to swing on somebody. And that's embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. So I want to put that out there. I know I'm going to get some disagreements on that, but I really feel that's the truth. If you felt like your man is capable of handling that situation correct, you will be quiet in that situation. Let him handle that. Even though you might not mm -hmm. agree how he handled it in that moment, the overall picture, the overall result is y'all making home safely. Y'all can sit down, process the mm -hmm. information, and maybe a day or two y'all forget about it instead of doing something that causes an altercation because again like i said people don't fight no more man they don't they ain't doing that and if you whoop somebody oh they finna come see you yeah they, they finna come see you because they got to protect their masculinity they got to protect their pride you know so no that's how i feel about it it's very important that your woman know that and uh you gotta be prepared for them tests you know what i'm saying uh i ain't gonna lie man you can't be running around here out of shape you can't be running around here you know uh you know uh ain't got no wind and can't pick up nothing all frail and stuff like that somebody gonna try you man somebody's gonna try you somebody is and that's that's what life is life somebody gonna somebody gonna try you so right. if you if you run around here and, and you know you know somebody gonna try you and your wife ain't that confident yeah, she gonna feel like she needs to step up and do something drastic. But man, my wife already know, baby, I got you. All you gotta do is don't say nothing crazy. If some hands get put mm -hmm. on you, you know where the cards at. Just come get me out of jail, cause I'm gonna go all the way in. Right. I know when to go all the way in, and it, it take a long time for me to go all the way. But once I go, I go. You know, so it's very important. And I think uh, what you say, like it's something, it's something I, I, I hadn't thought about, and you brought a great point up is. The way your partner responds to uh, adversity, and I, I know I ain't saying it's verbatim as you said it, is a reflection of you. And the way y'all can handle adversity together is a reflection of y'all together. Um, I think that's very important. But I also think, you know, when you're able to handle situations correctly, it allows your woman to relax into her, her, her femininity. And she doesn't have to carry the extra weight of, well, I got to protect us. And I got to do this for us, you know, um, which certain situations call for her to take that role. But she doesn't feel like she got, like you said, you walking around here frail or you walking around here and you severely out of shape and can't do nothing. And it's like, oh, well, I know if we get in this situation, I got to be the one that, to, to take us home. So, you know, you got to make sure that you're prepared for that. And it also, I, I, I'll give y'all a little, drop a little gem for y'all. If you if you learn how to handle situations uh, in a correct way, an emotionally mature way, um, it's gonna buy you some points with your girl, your wife, or whatever, because uh, everybody else doing it wrong. Nine times out of ten, if you get nine dudes or ten dudes in the room, I'm gonna say at least six of them handle it in an emotional way, 
And if you can handle stuff maturely, you know what I'm saying? Like Mario said, it may look like he's taking that L on the front end. But, you know, if you handle it, be like, hey, we good. Don't even worry about that. Whatever. It's going to buy you some points. Um, and you're going to be you're gonna be good. So we're we going to move along to, to the last thing right here. How do you define protection, Mario? How do you how 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 do you define protection and is it reciprocal? I think this is something we talked about. Um, I know as far as protection go, like I used to think that it was just talking about being physical with somebody, but it goes so much deeper than that. Um, can you kind of delve delve into that question? You know, how do you find protection and and is it a, a thing that's reciprocal? Well, first of all, in the simplest form, protection is the prevention of harm brought to some someone or something. You know, and whether that harm be, you know, something being stolen, somebody being hit, abused. You can talk about verbal abuse. You know, you can talk about all types of, you know, abuses or things that shouldn't happen. So that's essentially the simplest element of protection. Now, what protection about uh, what, what protection to me looks like is not not allowing you to get the last word and we making it to the house. You you losing the argument. They telling you off. You 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 leave embarrassed because you know you didn't get to say your piece and you get to the house safely where you can take a warm shower, you can get in your bed, you ain't got no scratches, no no bruises, you can wake up and continue your life um as as you would have normally. That that to me that's protection. Protection is me allowing somebody to call me the N-word, not blowing up. Not losing my job and still able to come home safely to continue to provide for my family and protect them from economic hardship. That's protection. For me, protection is, hey, you know, mm-hmm. not going to certain, you know, certain situations, going to certain um, places. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, to be exposed to crazy people, you know. And I'm not saying living in the box. I'm saying it's being smart. You know, so some people protection is, hey, man, we're going to go somewhere, man. I hope you're ready to fight. You know what I'm saying? That, that's not protection. You know, protection is, you know, if that situation comes about and we haven't done anything to deserve that, but we were put in a position to do so, you know, I got your back. Somebody kick my door at 1 a.m., they going to know what time it is real quick because I'm, I'm prepared to protect. So. To me, that's the definition of protection. It ain't all about walking around here with your chest out, being mm-hmm. the biggest, baddest guy out there, and ain't nobody gonna say to you because you uh, none of you because you known for whooping folks. No, that's that's not protection. You know, protection is you know maintaining you know a state and condition of a person without them you know coming in contact with any harm. So, and you mean and you ask, is it reciprocal? Now, when you say that, now give that to me, you know, in a different term, so I know I answer the question correct. Mm-hmm. I would say, do you feel like, you know, in certain situations, of course, you married, that your your wife uh, has to protect you? Yes. Or, or y'all's relationship. Now, now the type of protection may not be reciprocal, but at the same time, the protection is reciprocal. Again, going out on that dinner date, something go wrong. You see somebody you went to high school with, and y'all ain't never liked each other, and y'all got that same injury for God knows why. I don't know. And that's another thing. People grow up. Man, we ain't in high school no more. If you ain't like somebody in high school, man, get over that. Next. But um, not putting me in a position to where I have to do some things that I shouldn't. 
So here's the chain reaction popping off at the mouth. You pop off at the mouth at a dude or a girl. The girl may have that influence that was kind of on the news uh, a few days ago. That influence to kind of you know roll their eyes and do this, that, and the third and trigger this guy to feel like he's got to do something stupid in order to protect her honor. Right. Now that chain reaction goes to, oh, he wants to say something to me or he wants to say something or do something to my wife and he does. That's the type of protection that has to happen from, from a woman's side. The woman can't put you in no position, can't put you in bad positions. Got to mm -hmm. be real strategic, you know. Um, it's almost like playing cards, you know. You ain't got to turn, you ain't got to show your card, you know, if it ain't time to play it. So you ain't, you know, you ain't got to assert yourself out there just extra. You know, everybody got their perception about you anyway. You can't prove or disprove that. You can make it look bad by you just, you know, doing something that's just not cool, you know, but mm -hmm. you can be mature. Like I said, it is reciprocal. She she protects me. She don't go out here and she ain't, you know, stirring up no mess. Put it, that's the plainest way I can put She's not going out here stirring up no mess. She ain't known to stir up no mess. And like I said, she is a reflection of me. So, and here's the thing. When stuff does happen, they know for a fact, man, it had to be something bad for them to get into it. I, Cause, And that's where character comes in. At. You're not a hothead. It's not an on-off switch. You know, it, you, you're not hot at all. You, they know your temperament. And mm. you're not out here, you know, trying to prove who you are. You know what I'm saying? You're well within yourself. You're confident within yourself to know that. I know if I don't win this argument, it doesn't make me less of a person. You know, so right. that's how my wife protects me. Shout out to Corinne. I love you, baby. Uh, can't wait to see you again, which would be probably the next 10 minutes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, hey, hey. yes, that's how she protects me. She, she goes yeah. out, she represents us well. She don't put us in no bad position. And if she does have an issue, she comes to me. I shut it down real quick and we move on like. And that, that may be that, that may that may be another podcast right there. How to find a wife right there. You gotta find a find a good partner. We might we might throw that out there. But um I think, you know, going back to it initially, you know, um, you know, protection is reciprocal. Uh if you if you with somebody, of course they're a reflection of you, you know, and how you see yourself. Um, you know, I think that's that's a big thing. How you see yourself is who you pick. You know, you have to value you. In order to get somebody that's of value, just to be honest, and if you get somebody that's a hothead or putting y'all in in a bunch of compromising positions, then you risk a lot. I mean, your life is very valuable. That's your number one resource. But then you also re you also risk your your finances. You also risk how high in a totem pole you can go. Because if you're from somewhere like Mississippi, that's where we're from. You somewhere from Mississippi, most of the towns are small, so people know everything. So unless you plan on moving states over a state or so over then you know what you do is going to reflect directly on how far you can go and what you can do and how people perceive you um that's just being honest but protection you have to be you have to offer protection to your family vote both physically financially uh with wisdom you have to offer protection in many different facets whether you have a family whether it's you and your girl, whether it's you by yourself, you have to you have to even protect yourself from certain situations and certain people. If you're trying to go and and take steps up or take steps forward, and you hang around a bunch of friends who are not trying to do anything like that, then you have to offer yourself protection and say, "Well, because I'm trying to go 
to this level, I can't be with the guys that's, you know, on social media, y'all may be sharing any and everything, and it ain't no filter to it because I'm trying to go somewhere. So you have to protect yourself first, and then you protect everybody else outside of that. Um, and then when then dipping back into the protection that's being reciprocal, sometimes your girl got to protect you from yourself. I know me personally, I'm a person who gets fixated on things. So if I'm working on something, I can work on it. And if I really concentrate on it and focus on it, I can work on it for hours without eating without looking up or thinking about anything else except what I'm working on. And, you know, sometimes my girl has to tell me, like, hey, you need to take a break. Hey, make sure you eat or don't focus so much on it because I can stop doing it. We can go out. We can eat. We can go out. We can do different things. And I can still be fixated on what it is I'm working on. And so sometimes I have to be protected from myself to say, you know, hey, take a break. Hey, take this a little bit. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. Things like that. So protection is offered in so many other facets and so many other forms outside of just being physical. Um, but you have to be very cognizant and very aware of what's going on. Be aware of what what you can and cannot do, and be aware of the consequences of what it is that whatever action it is you choose to take. And if you do those things, then you'll be you'll be far ahead of the game than where you are today. It's about time to get that shit off your chest. So we're going to jump into the last thing, Mario. This is something that you introduce. This is something we do every podcast is get it off your chest. Man, what you want to get off your chest, bro? All right, man. You know, I, I really didn't want to, to go here, man, because I've been concentrating on not being fixated on the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. Simply because mm-hmm. it has... Almost created a distraction that is keeping away, you know, keeping our minds away from the obvious things that are going around, uh, are going on around us. Where as far as wars and as far as economics and stuff, the stuff that we need to be paying attention to. But I have to say this because this is very relevant, and this and this came to me based on this situation. That's why I need to get off my chest, people. Be selfish enough to reach your platform in order to help others. Now, let me paint the picture. Let's go back to the Oscars. Chris Rock is telling his joke. Jada Pickett Smith rolls her eyes. And based on perception, what it seems like, it seems like when Will Smith saw that, he he felt like he had to react. Now, 15, 20 minutes later, doesn't he not win an Oscar? And granted, I know there's a good chance he won the one at Oscar. I get that. So some people going to say, how we know he was going to win the Oscar? You don't know. But here's my point. Be selfish enough to reach your platform in order to help others. How better would it have looked if he sat there, fake laugh, did laugh or just didn't say nothing? 15 minutes later, he wins the Oscar and he uses his platform to raise awareness about his wife's condition. And he had a great chance to slam Chris Rock on it if he really wanted to be, you know, that to make awareness mm-hmm. of the fact that you shouldn't have did my wife like that. Do you know how strong that platform would have been? You you won an Oscar. You bring awareness about an illness that your wife has to the forefront while dressing something that you know somebody said about her. All in one, all in one run. So with that being said, if somebody feels a certain way about something, you have to get to the top in order for you to be effective. Obviously, the way he handled this situation was not effective because it seems like he's losing contracts. He's losing a whole bunch of things. And it's the spiral. It's a downward spiral versus 
him having the opportunity to win that Oscar, then getting online, getting up there and having the presentation and raising awareness that way. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of people that feel like you have to do things immediately for them to show them that you you care about them and things like that. And a lot of people sacrifice their journey to their platform in order to be an immediate help for somebody. Sometimes you can't be an immediate help. We talked about, you know, your wife feeling like you didn't say enough or you didn't do enough for her, to, for her honor, even though only thing was used was words. In that situation, the only thing was used was words. And honestly, that's break down what he said. He said, hey, we're looking forward to the next G.I. Jane. What is G.I. Jane a symbol of? Strength, female, military. How could that have a negative connotation? You get what I'm saying? If we want to see, and that's the thing about reacting, you know, and not playing things out. You know, that whole night was essentially thrown off because of that. And all he had to do was sit there. And guess what? He had to mm. sat there and not won the Oscar. Man, he's got oh, he's got he's got books that he can write. He's got interviews that he can do. He's got probably a social media platform he can get on. So many different ways he could have handled it. I just don't prove, I don't think he, you know, proved his, you know, masculinity by going up there and slapping Chris Rock. And the whole debate was, especially from Kevin Samuels' standpoint, if it was Dwayne Johnson, the Rock up there, he wouldn't have went up there and slapped him. And we all know that to be true. He wouldn't have done that. So my thing to get on my chest is be selfish enough to reach your platform in order to help others. You can't help people immediately. But once you get to that pinnacle moment, all eyes are on you. Then you can render the help that needs to be rendered. Like I said, the biggest gangsters are in suits. Right. That's why I know a guy, he'll let you whoop him. Because he got every lawyer in his back pocket. And he can take the little that you have and make your life miserable for the rest of it. You get what I'm saying? So if you hear me out there, people, you're doing a great job as an individual. You're making strides. You're making financial goals. You're getting Mm -hmm. out of debt. Keep pursuing your platform and be selfish enough to pursue your platform because in your heart of hearts, you want to help the people that you, you want to help, but you not, not necessarily can help them now. You can't help them in a moment. And the bigger you get, the more help you can render. So I just felt like in that situation, he, sh- he could he could have just chilled out. I think he would have won it anyway, but I can't say that. But he really just, you know, instead of getting on the platform to really help her out. Well, you had the whole nation in, in, in three minutes to, you know, explain what's going on. You had you made a rash decision in front of great people. Um, Samuel Jackson. Um, you're talking about Denzel Washington, Tyler Perry. You lost your cool and you end up getting that moment. And mm. your moment is tarnished based on a reaction that wasn't even necessary. So it's all my chest, man. I'm good. I ain't got nothing else to say about it. And then they're all there. And I, I'll say real quick, just remember this. It's a, a we we talked about rehearsing scenarios in your mind a whole lot tonight. We talked about playing things out and just preparing yourself, going through that mental walkthrough, taking those mental reps, and making sure that you prepare for any and every situation possible, as many as you can be. But I'll just say this real quick. If you can, and I can't remember this, this uh, it's an African proverb, but I like quotes, and it's one I can't remember it verbatim, and it may be verbatim. If you can feed the the enemy from within, then the enemy outside can do you no harm. You got to be in control of your mind, be in control of your emotions. And if you can be in control of those things, hey, everything else is easy. Everything else is a cake and, you, and you'll be good to go. So until next time, remember, this is the Quality Control Podcast where we have quality conversations with quality people. This is the Quality Control Podcast. Let's go. Go.